Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, great to be with you and great to come and celebrate what God's doing through the food bank uh, with you this morning in particular. Um, I need to start by saying that sadly, uh, demand is growing. I don't know if we could have my slides up, please. That'd be great. So here's some pictures of the Motley crew. Um, sadly, demand is growing. So let me just give you some stats. Um, based on a comparison between this year and last year, we reckon to be up about 16% in terms of demand on our service. In 2019, that's this year, of course, we expect that by the end of this year, we will have fed 4,000 people. Just to put that a bit in context, uh, I took over this role from Pete, which I uh, do for eight hours a week. I uh, took over this role uh, three years ago. It will be next month. And when I took over the role, we were just celebrating the fact that we fed 2,350 people the year before. So in three years, we've pretty much doubled what we've got. I want to be honest, there's a number of reasons for that. One is, of course, just the fact that we've seen an upturn in the number of people accessing Food Bank. Food Bank, there's a great, much greater awareness of it. Therefore, we're going to see more people. But I think all of us who are involved with the Food Bank would say without a doubt, we've seen people in an ever more desperate situation as various things get a grip on their lives. To give you some sort of bigger view of where we are as well, uh, if you've been around Light and Life for a while, you'll know that uh, the food bank was very much core to the mission of this church, and uh, it began in 2010. If you look at our stats from 2010 to July of this year, we fed 18,792 people. And I often say to people, the, the weirdest part of this role as food bank manager is that I don't know if that's a great stat or is that a terrible stat, right? So I come out of uh, most afternoons and I, I pop over one afternoon a week to see the food bank in action. And I often leave those sessions and say we've had a particularly busy one, I'm not sure if that's marvellous or if that's terrible. And if we've had a particular quiet one, is that marvellous or is that terrible? I want to just start this talk by saying and make perfectly clear that we don't want to be operating the food bank. Take that as I mean it, but we don't want to be operating the food bank. We don't ever want there to be a need for the food bank. And the Trussell Trust, which is the network that we're part of, is currently campaigning with a view to seeing the end of food banks within the next 10 years. They know full well they're not going to achieve that, but they believe they need that vision. Otherwise, we settle as if this becomes the norm. And folks, based on 18,792 people, we could easily see how it could become the norm. What I also want to do this morning is just pay a complete and utter tribute to those who so faithfully serve in the food bank. A 16% increase, as I always say, means not just that we need 16% more food, but it needs, we, we needs our team needs 16% more stamina, at least. We need 16% more wear and tear on the building down below. It involves 16% more effort on those who go and collect from all our collection points. It's 16% more effort on those who are the warehouse team who carry all the stock around from our blue container out here into the store below. Everybody steps up. And as I said, I'm employed only eight hours a week to cover this. My main role is a pastor of the Light and Life Church in Bodmin. If you think we're going to feed 4,000 people this year, and there's some little bloke from Bodmin employed to do that eight hours a week, you get the perspective that we have 40 incredibly committed and dedicated volunteers. It gives so much. And I could not say in words, really, what they mean to me. They are a most incredible group of people who so faithfully serve, and I'm extremely grateful to you. So thank you so much for all that you bring. Having said that, 
It's with great relief, as Pete hinted earlier, that I say that we've also just been successful in our application for a grant from ASDA. Now wait for another stat. So ASDA have put £9 million into the work of the Trussell Trust over the next three years, and they've done that from a 5p levy on plastic bags. All right, That's a lot of plastic bags. And we've been able to apply for that, and I'm thrilled to say that uh, we've applied and have received uh, funding for a further eight hours a week for someone to come in and work beside me. It's essentially coordinating most of the collection and most of the logistics of how the food bank operates. And you can hear more about that at the vision meeting on Wednesday night. So now you definitely want to come to the vision meeting on Wednesday night. And uh, Pete and I will be talking a little bit more about that then. You see, through the food bank, we meet a whole variety of people with a vast range of reasons as to why they come in for our service. Nigel said earlier, one of my phrases that I particularly enjoy is we are a food bank. The clue is in the title. But it's not simply that. One of the reasons that we uh, very much operate from downstairs in the Duport room, because let's, let's face it, we could just have a van, couldn't we? We could be like the mobile food bank. We just have a van and open the doors and give out food parcels. One of the reasons we operate downstairs is because it enables people to come in to the food bank. And they find a place where they find acceptance, where they find love, where they find understanding and a listening ear. In addition to all that, and central really to our mission, we have a number of people who are trained as what we call community champions. And they're qualified in information, advice and guidance, which basically means that those who come in can then receive support, guidance, information, ideas, signposting, if you like, that can really make a difference. And as the video suggested, attempt to persuade them otherwise in some of the life circumstances they're facing. And I've asked Sue just to come and say a little bit about what that's meant to her, and she's going to come up now. And what you'll see throughout this little talk is that a variety of different people who are actively involved in the food bank are just going to share something of their story and the way particularly that they see God impact on them and through them. And Sue's on her way. All right? Oh, yeah, that's fine. If you want to do that together, you can do that together. That's fine. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, that's fine. Do it. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Do you, do you want your little friend? You want your little chum up with you? That's fine. Well, you go yes. for it. Come on. Come on, little chum. Of course. No problem at all. You do it together. Yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. You do it. No, it's no problem. That's right. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sooner than I was expecting. Okay. I'm going to put this down. Thank you. Um, so I'm Sana, um, and I've been working at the food bank as a community champion for about two years. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone who donates so generously to the food bank. It means so much to us, and we really appreciate it. And um, first of all, I just keep thinking of this lyric um, from a worship song, um, Break my heart for what breaks yours. And um, I think that's something that we have to really hold close when we're in the food bank that... Um, you know, we have to have that kind of the heart of God and that mindset that um, God's heart is breaking, you know, for these people. And therefore, my heart has to break. And it does, you know, I often end up leaving and going home in tears because, um, you know, we have to be wary of not taking it home with us. But but at the same time, just having that, that heart because, um, yeah. Anyway, I've written a little bit. Um, when John uh, asked me to say something, I knew what I wanted to share, exactly what it was, um, both in terms of what the food bank can do for an individual, um, but I also started to think about what the food bank means to me. Um, it's somewhere where I love, love, love to be. 
It's a cause that I'm really, really passionate about and a place I feel so blessed to be working at. Um, it's a place where we see so much brokenness, but also a lot of strength um, with people from every, every kind of background, uh, a lot of whom who've had um, very traumatic experiences. Um, I find that as well as all the practical help that some of our clients need, um, a lot of you know our time is just spent listening and working through mental health issues, which takes time and often brings people back in for another chat. Sorry, Sue. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Um, I love t- telling people about Jesus. It's not something I always find necessarily easy because some people clearly have a kind of a, a wall that says, you know, don't even dare kind of start that conversation. And so I have to be really kind of wary of that whilst being true to to what God is, you know, calling me to do there. Um, but anyway, yeah, that for me, um, following him is about having a personal relationship with him. And I think that for a lot of people is a bit, you know, um, new, a new kind of idea. It's not something they've really, um, you know, come across. They've got a very different view of what church is. So to know that it's something personal, um, that, yeah, that's something new, I think, um, I feel so blessed and so privileged to be able to offer prayer. And I think that's the amazing thing about Trust or Trust Food Banks is that we're allowed to do that. We're allowed to, um, you know, share our journey and, and testimony. And I'm just amazed that pretty much every single person will say yes to prayer. And, and you don't always expect it. So, you know, somebody walks in um, not looking like they're going to say yes to prayer. And then they do. And it's like, oh, OK, um, let's go. Um, and in that prayer they will hear the gospel, absolutely, you know, no doubt about it, and kind of go away. Um, yeah, I think having, um, you know, seeds are sown, and we don't always see um, the fruits of that, but seeds are sown, and I think that's, it's such a, a blessing to be on that journey with people. Um, I knew it before, but what working at the food bank has really um, reaffirmed to me is God's message of love and redemption. And if I claim to be someone that follows Jesus, then I'm called to love every single person I meet. And sometimes that isn't easy at all. Um, but in my experience, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, in my experience, it's that love that breaks down barriers. And when people feel loved and accepted, which I, I hope, I think they do when they come in, no matter what their situation, it allows them to open up and, and we hear, um, we hear so much from people sometimes. They really do open up and they really do share what they're going through. Um, you know, love is a choice. It's an act of my will. And I can, re- you know, choose my response in every situation. Um, in Proverbs 15, it says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up, stirs up anger. And, you know, we get a lot of wounded, angry people coming in. And, and that's okay. It's because of where they're at and... Um, we could respond likewise or we can respond in love and that's a choice. Um, so when I understand the love Jesus spoke about in Corinthians, I'm free to love when it's difficult because I don't have to rely on my feelings towards somebody. Um, for me, the food bank is about more than food, more than empathy or sympathy. It goes beyond all that. It's an, expressions of, an expression of God's message and hope. And it is that love and compassion that enables us to look past the surface and see the person beneath, to remember that they are a precious God-created human being. And this is something we must never lose sight of. And I think sometimes people come in feeling less than human. And I hope, 
I really hope that they go away feeling kind of human again because they come in feeling, you know, less than and, and, and humiliated sometimes and, and embarrassed and we show them that it's okay and, and they go away feeling, yeah, they walk out looking a bit different, I think, sometimes. Um, I think at its heart, the food bank seeks to help each person practically, emotionally and spiritually. So I work with Sue, which is a huge privilege. I love her dearly, and it's been such a privilege to to work with her and be mentored by her. And we'd like to get there early so we can spend some time praying, and we know it makes such a difference to how the session goes and to our peace during that session. Um, so some of you will have met Will. Um, he came to who, yeah, so he came to church and Creation Fest. So you might have met him there. Um, his story is a really good example of the positive impact the food bank can have and he's given me permission to share it with you so if I could just do that quickly is that okay okay um Will first came into the food bank a few months ago and he was in an absolute state he was just literally shaking with anxiety and just it just had such a grip on him um we spent just yeah almost two hours I think discussing his situation I made some phone calls for him and just shared a bit about my faith I offered to pray with him and and he you know gladly accepted that and just yeah, he was in floods of tears and I invited him to church. I gave him a Bible and just wrote down some useful scriptures. And although he kind of went away still feeling anxious, he, he definitely kind of, yeah, it was a, it was good for him, I think. But anyway, he came back to the food bank the following week and we spent again a long time chatting again and he was really struggling with the anxiety and depression. And I just kept praying for him over the following weeks and he came to church in early August. Um, first Sunday I'd missed in ages, so I didn't, wasn't here, but, um, he had a really good chat with Pete. Um, thank you. Really good chat with Pete, um, who invited him to Creation Fest that following day, I think it was. So I think he turned up with a, a tent that he'd borrowed from somebody. So I didn't know anything about this. Um, but yeah, he turned up the following day to Creation Fest and he became a Christian that week. Um, and he met Matt and Sally Timms. Some of you might know them. They're the pastors from New Wave Church in Newquay. And spent quite a bit of time with them and, and got baptized that week as well. So, yeah, I don't know anything about this. But he came into the food bank the following Tuesday. To, Pete had already told me a bit about it. He was really excited, completely on fire for God. Um, just looking and sounding so different from the last time I'd seen him. Um, so he was living in uh, supported accommodation, but that was all going to be shutting down. Um, it's all shutting down at the end of this month. So basically he was going to be homeless. Um, however... Um, instead of that happening, Matt and Sally had invited him for an assessment at their church's own supported accommodation, and he was accepted. So he's living there now in Newquay, part of their church, part of their supported accommodation, telling everyone who'll listen about what God has done for him. He phones me sort of two or three times a week. We chat. We chat about the Bible. He's reading the Bible. Even though he's got really severe dyslexia, he's he's just kind of, yeah, really digging deep into the scriptures and just... Yeah, absolutely on fire for God. And he's gone from feeling constantly suicidal. He's, you know, made suicide attempts which have landed him in hospital. Um, no longer wakes up every day feeling hopeless. He now knows he's got a life and a future. Um, and he can't, literally cannot remember the last time he felt this way. He has no recollection of ever, you know, ever feeling like this. So like all of us, he's still got a long way to go. Um, but his life has done a complete 180 because of what the Holy Spirit can do. Um, one tiny little thing left. Um, I recently read something in my word for today by author James Agee, 
who recalls a conversation he had with an impoverished elderly lady in the heart of the Appalachia during the Great Depression. She lived in a tiny shack with a dirt floor, no heat and no indoor plumbing. What would you do, he asked her, if someone gave you some money to help you out? The woman thought for a moment and answered, I guess I'd give it to the poor. Um, I was going to ad-lib today, but um, I have to say my memory is not what it was, and so I've had to just write a few things down. Um, so obviously it's so thrilling um, when people come to know the Lord and, um, you know, to realize what God has done for them. And um, But I think Zan and I would be um, truthful in saying that for everyone um, that that does uh, accept the Lord, there are a number of people um, who don't appear to um, have any um, interest or, or whatever, and that they don't understand the, you know, the wonderful gift of God. Um, so every week we, we meet people who may be homeless, um, may be about to be evicted, um, they have huge debts. It's it's dreadful the 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 huge debts that people are in. With to be honest, no hope of of paying them back. Absolutely no hope. Um, they may be addicted to to drugs or alcohol. Um, that's quite common, really, isn't it? We we see a lot of that. They they may be um, depressed, anxious, um, disabled. Um, have some sort of mental illness, um, often hungry. They actually do come in hungry. And we do have um, uh, plates of, of biscuits and we make tea and coffee. Well, Sana and I don't, but there, there's somebody that comes in every every day and we'll make tea and coffee, which is brilliant. Um, so, And often they don't have gas or electric, so they come in and they, they have, they, they've got nothing. And um, so... We, we, we do our best to help people. I mean, often they're frightened and often they're angry um, because of what life has done to them. And um, Zana and I, she said, we, we pray before we start and we, we don't judge anybody. We just um, accept what we have in front of us and we ask the Lord to help us and... Zan and I both have got um, not brilliant memories, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> and so we really pray that the Lord will help us to remember where where we can go for help for these people and um, to give us words of knowledge and, and wisdom, and that, that's very important. Um, so, yeah, we, we just try to meet people's immediate needs by, um, you know, they, they, we can provide the food for them, which the team do. Um, we try to get people um, electricity and gas. Um, we, we speak to the companies and try and lower the tariff that they're on. Um, we, we do a lot of signposting to, to various organizations. That, that sort of started off as the main role, was actually signposting people to, to other organizations where we knew that they could get help. Um, so that, that's sort of quite a lot that we do. Um, 
And we make lots and lots of phone calls to various organizations, and we do a lot of form-filling for people. Um, people are quite frightened um, with the, you know, to have to fill in a form. And so that's something that we can do, and we're very happy to do it. Um, and as Anna said, we offer to pray with every person. And um, it's amazing, actually, the number of people who say, yes, you can if you like. Um, you know, perhaps sometimes not in a very good grace, but they they will allow us to, pe- to pray. Occasionally, we got the, the odd person that says, no, I do not want you to pray for me. Um, and that's absolutely fine. You know, we, we let them go, and that's fine, and we, we sort of pray ourselves for them. Um, so um, we, we often don't see anything particular happening when we pray for somebody, they'll just say thank you or be a bit embarrassed or, or walk off. Um, and so it's wonderful when we get somebody like Will that, that, that does respond. But there's so many that, that just don't and we don't know, we don't know what happens to them. But we know that we are called to, um, to plant that little seed of faith in people's lives. We, we, we don't see what happens. Often we don't see what happens. We could be the first one that has actually mentioned anything about the Lord, but we could be, probably like with Will, um, you know, maybe the tenth or the twelfth person who said something, and it, it, it's, the seed is sort of suddenly takes root, doesn't it? Um, but often it, we don't see it, but, we're just faithful to what God has told us to do, and we, we leave it with him. We're not the ones that make the seed grow, but we just faithfully, um, you know, plant the seed in people's lives. So we, we know that God's in control and that um, we are just thrilled to have the opportunity. It is such a privilege, actually, to be there and to, to just be there for people and just listen and just... Um, Ask God to help us, to help them. We often don't know what to do. We're, we're not super people. We're just, um, well, we're just the Tuesday girls. <laughs> so we do our best. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Well, the Tuesday girls and all the rest of the crew as well over the week uh, give such a positive message. And I hope that's what's coming across this morning is that these people come in such dire circumstances and we're able to communicate something of that hope that we have. And I love that because so often the church, and I don't just mean this church, obviously, I mean the church internationally, the church is so often known for what we're against. And that's what the media latches onto. And let's be fair, there are things that we need to be against. I don't, I'm not criticizing that at all. But so often the only message that comes out is that the church is anti-this or anti-that. Food banks are an amazing mission in which we can clearly communicate and clearly demonstrate that we are up for hope and we are up for restoring dignity and we are up for Jesus transforming lives. And we're going to think a little bit more about that as, as we turn to God's word. And I'm delighted that Gary, who leads our Tuesday team, is going to come and read to us. We're going to turn to 1 John 3, 16 to 24, as Gary comes to do that. And this could be a bit of a balancing act as we do microphone as well. So I might, I might become a mic stand. I've been, no, well, I, I know you can't multitask, so that's why I thought I'd be a mic stand. Here we go. So we're going to read from 1 John 3, 16 to 24. All right. All right. 
This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what he pleases, what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Amen. Thank you, Gary, very much. Thank you. I love this little passage because John warns us against not just loving with words. And as I said, so often we're known for what we're against. So often it's just words that are there. The food bank turns that on its head because it's so practical. It brings us to that point where we're there and we are serving literally those who come through the door. John says this, dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. And to me, this is a summary of where we're at. It's more than just words, it's actually action. It's action when people are at some of the lowest points of their lives were there. And I can't help but see that this is exactly where Jesus would be. What a privilege it is that as a church we can operate such, such a thing. Edwina is another one of our community champions and she's just going to come and share a little bit of what it means to her also to be on the team. Edwina. Hello everyone, lovely to see you all and, and quite a few familiar faces as well. Um, I'm a relatively new volunteer at the food bank and um, I volunteer on a Thursday, which is one of my days off and um, it has been a real privilege and I feel I've got a new little food bank family, which is great and um, we, we all get on so well and um I've, I don't belong to this church, but we are all one church, aren't we, here in St. Hostel? And um, I, I think about the book of Revelation where John says about that he sees a new Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem was his home, and I see a new St. Hostel. And the people in St. Hostel, and pray for the people in St. Hostel that they'll all be transformed. It'll be a new St. Hostel. And the work in the food bank is just part of... of the way that I can see that will happen, and we can all see that that will, will happen. And it's, it is a real privilege as people come through the door, and you hear their stories, and it's sometimes it is heartbreaking, the things that people go through. They're, they're uprooted from um, perhaps what was their home in one part of the, the county and moved somewhere else, sometimes with absolutely nothing, literally the clothes that they've got on their backs and, and put in a bed and breakfast with with nothing at all. Um, there was one particular uh, 
young man I think of and I'll, I'll give his initial K and um, he had a, a, a parcel of food which the volunteers had put together for him and he was he was going through a crisis with with his mental health and I was able to get alongside him and talk to him and find out how he'd got into that situation and we were able to to do some practical things for him and on the surface you'd think he wouldn't be the sort of person that would be receptive to prayer but I said would you like me to pray for you and um, he said what do I have to do (laughs) Uh, so it was something that was quite alien to him I said you don't have to do anything and explain to him what prayer was and who we were talking to and it's an instant line that we can speak to to God and he allowed me to pray for him and um, explain the gospel to him and he also received a bible so if you could just pray for Kay um, and pray that with those seeds sown he will come through I haven't seen him since, so we don't know what's happening with him. But that, that's often the case with people that call into the food bank. Others will return, you know, a few times. But I also want to share as well the opportunities um, that we have to make networks. Um, my, my secular job, I work for DWP. And so there's a lot of um, knowledge which, are, which is useful in, in the role at the food bank. But also I could see how that would be really useful to have some connections that we could get through to the DWP when we're volunteering at the, at the food bank. Because it can take a long time on the normal phone lines to get through. And so we were able to arrange um, with our partnership manager, and uh, John met with Kim, um, that they would have... Um, or we would have access to the vulnerable customer leads at the local job centre. So we can just get through now a, a lot easier and speak to people who actually know what are happening with the folks that are coming in, with their permission, obviously. And so that has made life a lot easier um, for the community champions. And uh, we're, we're excited about how that might go on in the future. So thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. I said I've been around the food bank for the last three years and I think what I've seen most clearly in this last 12 months is the fact is this, that the mission comes to us. So as a church, we're passionate about reaching out, love transforms and all all those sort of ideas. We want to see the kingdom impact our town, don't we? And yet actually our town comes to us every Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon and Friday afternoon. And as our volunteers have shared, one of the privileges is that as we ask people if they like to pray, the majority of them say yes. And one of the things that we've really sought to do in these last couple of months is to up the level of prayer that's on offer. And Lorna has been headed that, and uh, Lorna is going to come and share just a little bit of what that looks like. And Lorna's going to leg it from the back. Here she comes, fitness lady that she is. Um, it's been amazing to see those, that responsiveness. And uh, Lorna's going to come and just share a little bit of what she's seen God do in and through her. Thank you. Yes, it's a privilege to volunteer in the food bank. And the mission that God laid on my heart was to pray for people and to tell them about Jesus. And I've had some amazing experiences. I had a lady in the other day, and um, I sat with her and said, can I pray for you? And she looked at me and she said, my dear, I suffer from a very rare case of asthma, and it could be terminal. I held her hand and prayed with her. 
And I was able to share with her afterwards that Jesus performed amazing healing miracles. And I said, he's still doing it today. Bless her, she went away and she said she was going to read her Bible. She took an invitation to church, but she also went with the knowledge that she could have Jesus in her life. It's such an amazing opportunity. This lady was on her own. She didn't have anybody to share with. So for just a moment, she could get comfort. And again, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I had this young man. I sat with him and I said, can I pray for you? And he said, well, you can, but I'm not religious. And I said, I still like to pray for you. And um, he allowed me to hold his hand. And I prayed for him. When I finished praying, I really sensed the Holy Spirit was saying to me, share your testimony with this young man. So I did. And when I finished, you could see this sadness in his eyes. He said, you have just described my childhood. What amazing opportunity for me to then share how God had comforted me through post-traumatic stress and how he'd given me such a freedom through knowing Jesus. So he left, having said to me, you can pray for me, but I'm not a religious man, with a New Testament, an invitation to church, but also with the knowledge that he could have freedom in Christ. It was lovely because he's such a young man and he held my hand all the way through. <laughs> um, I think it was maybe 18 months ago, Nick and I were collecting at the Gover Co-op for the food bank. And this man came in and I recognized him as a food bank client. And I thought, oh, but, you know, and he came over to me and he took a note out of his wallet and he pressed it into my hand. And I said to him, are you sure? And he said, yes, you take it before I spend it. But then he squeezed my hand and he said, it's not just the food you give us. It's not just the food. It's the spiritual teaching and the prayer. And then he said to me, I'm now going to church regularly. It's a phenomenal opportunity for us to witness We see people coming in with deep sadnesses, massive low self-esteem, people with alcohol, drug addictions, people who haven't been able to work because of disabilities for years and years. Families, as I think Sana mentioned, um, that have been rescued out of volatile situations. They're planted in Cornwall. They don't know anybody. They don't have any friends. Children don't have friends for school. We have a moment in time to reach out and share with them, to let them know how precious and important they are and that Jesus died on the cross for them. They go out with their food. They have their plastic carriers and they go out with their food. But some of them go out with the word of Jesus in their bags. Others go out with Jesus in their heart. And if anybody wants to come, and to help in the food bank, particularly with prayer ministry, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you very much.
John concludes his uh, chapter with this, as he says, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Look at those words. It's so simple and yet it's so profound as well. We're to believe in his son and we're to love one another. So simple, so blooming difficult to work out, isn't it? But I hope what we've given you this morning is just an insight into the fact that the mission comes to us. If you do nothing else or are unable to do nothing else, then please pray for what God is doing amongst us. You heard those great stories, but it would be unfair to represent that as if that's representative of us. There are many other heartbreaking stories where we see no breakthrough whatsoever, and our volunteers endure that as much as they endure those wonderful moments as well. I think there's a couple of clues just to end in what John suggests here. First off, he says, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. Folks, if we're going to follow Jesus, there is a command there for some obedience. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Jesus says that this message that he brings to the earth is not one to be kept to ourselves. And there's a real danger in evangelical Christianity that it's about me and Jesus. Me and Jesus are doing all right. I've worked with many people over the years who've ended up finding that actually that isn't adequate because just being, it's all about me and Jesus. Sometimes that can grow cold. Sometimes questions of life can get flung in our face that challenge that so significantly that we struggle. One of the things that I know is that as I go into the food bank, as I engage with the food bank, is I'm there in those difficult circumstances. Sometimes I leave absolutely radiant in what I've seen God do. And sometimes I leave and I blast his ear all the way back to Bodmin in the circumstances I've seen. What I do know is that my faith doesn't stand still because I'm reaching out to those who need to know more about him. If your faith is at that point this morning where you think it's just a bit dull or it's just a bit samey or whatever, get involved in mission. Get out there and see what God is doing. Allow God to take you beyond your comfort zone into those areas because those who keep God's commands live in him. But the best news there is that he lives in us as well. And we get to share that with other people. And then the final line is this. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. If you are here this morning and you don't know it in your spirit, I don't need to pack that with loads of words. You know whether you know Jesus for yourself. Folks, if you don't know him yet, you've heard something of the transformation he can bring in your life this morning. Can I encourage you to seek him? Can I encourage you just to ask him to reveal more of himself to you? And if you'd like to know more about that, I'd love to talk with you afterwards. But if you are here this morning and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do know it. You know it because you know it because you know it. Don't you? Somewhere deep inside, you know it. And the joy of that is that the Spirit assures us of his presence. And there are some days where we leave the food bank and we need that assurance because actually it's pretty tough. Actually, the circumstances we're seeking to minister into are pretty much, in human terms, beyond anything that we can do. But my spirit is still alive because I know what God can do, I know what he might be doing, and I know what I pray that he will be doing in and through us. You see, the mission comes to us. So when people from the food bank come on a Sunday... And one of the food bank volunteers said, this is Fred, and he popped into the food bank this week. Embrace Fred as if it's your own brother arrived from nowhere. 
when Sarah comes, whose family have just abandoned her and she's found herself in the food bank this week. And one of the volunteers introduces you to her. Get her a cup of coffee. Be everything that you can be for her. Because this is a mission we are all involved in as a church in this place. I end with this. The food bank gives us an amazing platform from which to share Jesus' love. The food bank takes us from more than words into actions and in truth, as John calls for. The biggest privilege in managing it is not just seeing what God does in it and through it, but also the platform, as Nigel indicated earlier, that it gives us to talk to so many community groups across this town. So many schools in October will be bombarding us with harvest products. So many schools will be hearing more of why Light and Life Church is passionate about serving the poor in this way. So will you pray for us? Will you be inspired by what you've heard this morning to both pray, to get involved? Help us financially. Buy us tin tomatoes. Please help me sleep at night and buy us some tin tomatoes. That would be awesome. But also milk, fruit juice, all the lot. You know what it is. The lists are at the back there. Do support us practically as well. Help us out on those collection days, which are increasing both at Asda, at Tesco's and at the co-ops. We need people who will stand and talk something and get those experiences like Roger shared earlier. But above all, let's be known as a church that loves those who are least and are lost and are really forgotten in our society. It's where Jesus would be. And the food bank gives us an opportunity not to do that just in words, but in actions and in truth. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice in all that you are so faithfully doing and thank you for everything that's been shared this morning. Father, I pray for each one of us that you would stir our hearts to see mission in whatever form you have it for each one of us personally, Lord, whether that's associated with the food bank or in some other circumstance. And Lord, we thank you that you are a missional God, that you reach out to those in need, that your heart is for the poor. Father, we pray for each person we've mentioned as we've spoken this morning, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives and we pray that you would do it more and that we would have the privilege of seeing more and more of your kingdom in and through this vital ministry, we pray. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.